Welcome to the program, Woke Up, where we amplify the voices of those whom today's critical social justice movement and woke ideology have seduced. They realized they were being led to a place they did not want to be and woke up to tell their story. Now the host, Michael Ballantyne. Hello, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the program. The podcast that we have in the YouTube channel is entitled Woke Up. And what we want to do here, we have one objective, and that is with uh, to analyze uh, profoundly today's critical social justice and woke movement and how these ideologies have affected people, affected our institutions, and for us to take a sober-minded look at the, the consequences and what this is all about, what's really going on here. And what we want to do in our show, in our segment, because there's a lot of good material that can instruct about the different movements and the different things happening culturally. But what we want to do is uh, amplify BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color voices. We want to amplify LGBTQ plus voices. We want to amplify vegan voices and people who have been part of this social justice, this critical social justice movement. And they, uh, and, and tell their story, like what enticed them? What was it about the critical social justice movement and the different ideologies that really led them into believing that this worldview was right for them? Some have said that this is a religion, that this is a, a secular religion. One of the things that separates man from all other mammals is our ability to worship. And there's no evidence that the, that any other animals do that except for humans. And, uh, and to worship something outside of ourselves, God, a creator, uh, science, or something greater than ourselves to give thought to. And often uh, uh, people have likened uh, this ideology as a religion. And there's so many reasons why, and a lot of our guests lay that out in a, in a very profound way. And because we are worshiping beings, this ideology oftentimes comes in, it comes in slowly, it's enticing, and then begins to affect the mind and the way people view relationships. And you're going to hear stories uh, about people who were attracted to the movement, felt a sense of purpose, wanted to fight for social justice, wanted to have meaning for their lives. And then this uh, ideology uh, began to creep in and take hold. And so if we look at the, the critical social justice movement, it's uh, based on a lot of these critical theories taught and in all the humanities departments in the university system. And they all have a, a root in uh, Mark, Marxism and Marx thought. If we look at uh, some of the leaders like uh, Derek Bell, who's uh, the father of critical race theory, or Judith Butler of gender theory or... Uh, Gail Rubin of sex theories and uh, bell hooks of radical feminist ideology and on and on. They cite often in their writings and in their thoughts, uh, famous uh, Marxist uh, thought leaders. And uh, what I'd like to do is just take a look at what it says in the communist manifesto. The very first sentence, the communist manifesto starts the history of all hitherto existing society is a history of class struggles, Freeman and slave patrician and plebeian, Lord and serf, guildmaster and journeyman, in a word, oppressor and oppressed, stood in constant opposition to one another, carried on an uninterrupted, now hidden, now open fight, a fight that each time ended in either revolutionary reconstitution of society at large or in the common ruin of the contending classes. And Karl Marx was a, a materialist and he analyzed the struggle between the bourgeoisie 
and the proletariat, the ruling class and the poor and the, and the worker and the workers. And he uh, wanted them pitted against each other for the revolution to take place. And one of the things in the uh, Marxist mindset is uh, there is no God. God is, uh, as Karl Marx famously said, it's uh, the opiate of the masses. It's something that people use just because they don't want to face the pain of their own dehumanization through the oppressive structures that they were living. And what uh, Marxism does basically is it calls for a revolution. It calls for a tearing down of that which was established. And uh, Marxism itself can be viewed as a religion. If you look at in the same Communist Manifesto, this is a, the, what was known at one time as the Catechism or the Confession of Faith of Communists. And in question 22, do communists reject existing religions? All religions which have existed hitherto were expressions of historical stages of development of individual peoples or groups or people of peoples. But communism is that stage of historical de uh, development, which makes all existing religions superfluous and supersedes them. And uh, all the Abrahamic religions of the world in the creation story, uh, God made Adam and Eve and uh, gave them freedom in the garden to eat from all of the plants. And uh, But he said, don't eat from the tree of good and bad, bad knowledge. And uh, that was a warning. And so as the story goes, uh, the, the devil came and tempted Adam and Eve and said, uh, no, God doesn't want you to eat this because your eyes will be open and you will be like God. And that is something in all man is to connect with the higher power. And uh, most religions of the world recognize that uh, there is a God creator, that there is a divine order of things, that man exists and can interact with the creation. And we have relationships. However, we serve a higher power. Now, Marxism, the religion of Marx, was not looking at a creator God, but man becoming God, that we, by tearing down the society and liberation and those structures which dehumanize us, when those are torn down, then, then we become God. We, the collective, become, a man becomes God. And so there's a constant revolutionary spirit of that which is established. There's a dialectic. There's a thesis of what exists. And then the antithesis comes, and then when the change comes, this revolution that Marx is talking about, then there's a synthesis of what that which was old and that which is new. And then once again, the structures come into place, and those have to be torn down, and so on and so on. And utopia never comes. The idealistic uh, man never arrives. It's been the history of the world since... Uh, communism that it's turned into, where it's been tried, an absolute disaster with the murder of tens of millions of people in different societies, different cultures, different language groups, and different epics. And so the possibility that man can enter into this utopia through a revolutionary spirit is impossible. And uh, we see even now today in Cuba, uh, 63 years, 64 years now since the revolution, in Cuba, people are still talking about Viva la revolución or uh, long live the revolution. And there's this constant tearing down so that we can become the ideal man and everything that uh, dehumanizes is, ca is cast away. And so it did not work in terms of the uh, Marx's ideology in the, in the West. It did not ha uh, take hold in Western Europe, even though there was uh, attempts at Marxist revolution. It did not take in the United States of America. And oftentimes people felt like it didn't take because uh, the family was too strong. The economics were too strong. The church was too strong. And there was an, uh, 
a communist uh, philosopher by the name of Antonio Gramsci, who was in prison under the time of uh, Mussolini, and he wrote uh, in his prison diaries. Antonio Gramsci discussed the concept of cultural hegemony, where the cultures were too strong, and therefore uh, Marxism in, in its uh, ideal form could not take place in the West. And he wanted uh, the communists to begin to infiltrate all the institutions of culture in order to subvert them and then be able to overtake them. And then man could usher in his uh, utopian communist revolution. And so referring to this uh, cultural hegemony, uh, he wrote in his prison diaries, socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity in the new order. Socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. So the thought leader of communism in that time, in, back in the 30s, recognized that socialism is actually a religion and that needs to subjugate all other religions. And so it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're Jewish or you're Islam or whatever religion you might hold, uh, there is a war in this woke ideology against uh, the faith that you have. And they, the social justice movement is co-opting religions. It's co-opting our institutions and causing a lot of destruction. One of the things that we'll notice when we listen to the stories of many of the ex-critical social, uh, social justice theorists, those that were bound in the, the woke ideology, is they were seduced into it thinking that they were going to do something great and really help the marginalized and the, the disenfranchised. Uh, However, what they realized as they got into it is they were focused on other people's uh, problems, other people's sins, the systems of oppression, what other people were doing, and they felt called to tear those people down. And we see in this aggressive, revolutionary, critical social justice mindset, this wokeism is an actual uh, process of being awakened, enlightened, uh, one famous uh, communist from Brazil who uh, has profoundly uh, influenced our education system, Paulo Ferreri, talked about the process of conscientization or where, uh, raising a critical consciousness and awareness of the oppression and the systems that we all suffer and the need to, to rise up and to tear those down and then to build new ones and then tear those down. So it's a never-ending process of tearing down, building up, tearing down, building up that never arrives. And so the focus of today's uh, social justice warriors is on other people, other people's sins. There's not the introspective look at oneself and their own, our own issues, our own sins, our own inadequacies, but the tearing down of other people. And oftentimes these social justice warriors are very hurtful. They're cruel to people and uh, they're devastating people's lives. They're getting them canceled. Everything they've worked for, they're getting fired for, for false accusations oftentimes and they're being torn down. However, the mindset of the woke is that's collateral damage that's necessary in the name of revolution for us to get better. And that person and that, that's participating in that system needs to be torn down. And so what we find ourselves in, in our culture as this ideology has infiltrated all aspects of our society, all throughout the university system. It's torn apart families. It's torn apart churches. It's torn apart our companies. Uh, our government is completely uh, infighting with one another. And uh, now we see it starting to affect our military. And so we see this uh, tearing down of the existing structures in order to replace it with something that the ideologues would want behind it. However, oftentimes we'll find that it's very hard for them to even articulate what it is they're actually looking for. What would they like society to look for? How, what is this uh, utopia of equality 
actually practically look like. And you'll and we find that they're often hard a hard place to even articulate it. So the the focus of our show is to let people tell their story that were in this ideology, what led them into it? How did they get out of it? What changed their mind? And what were the contradictions that they were experiencing amongst their peers, the, the co-joined social justice warriors, how their speech was controlled, how it began to take them into a place in their life where they did not want to be, how they were slowly and insidiously beginning to look at everybody through the lens of a critical consciousness of criticism. You know, to take a human being, the individuality that we all have, the idiosyncrasies of our personalities, the divine uniqueness that each one of our, our personhood has is unique and special. Each one of us has dreams. And each one of us has broken dreams. Each one of us loves and has a need to, to be loved. And although we might have a shared uh, demographic, whether it's skin color or whether it's age or whether it's a language group, the group itself does not uh, represent everything about that individual, nor does that individual represent everything about that group. And so we cannot put all white women in a box or all black uh, transsexuals in a box because that is actually what dehumanizes the human condition by making us all the same and making us all unilaterally all the same. And so we, we cannot allow for these structures that are actually dehumanize us to prevail in our society. And so what we have found in our, in our interviews with people and talking to people that uh, adopted this ideology, the way that people leave and it takes time is uh, analyzing and seeing the internal contradictions of that, which they're teaching and that what's being played out in relationships. And they realize the utopia is not coming and they're finding themselves to be uh harsh and cruel and uh, it's affecting their love and they have a relationships and they have broken relationships behind them. And so once they get to that point is when people will often leave. And then when they leave, they describe this feeling of being liberated, of being set free of, Oh, how could I be so foolish to have believed that ideology? Because the group think the sociological pressures of conformity are strong. And if our identity is tied into an ideology of control and the social justice, we get our encouragement, we get our sense of community, we get our sense of belonging, we get our identity from that. And letting go of that is a, is a tremendous challenge for people. And so we see people uh, now uh, leaving their families and joining a glitter family or leaving, uh, cutting conservatives or even liberals from a, from a liberal perspective of freedom for everybody uh, cutting them out of their lives and only identifying with the group that reinforces their uh, positions, their sophistries, and their ideology. And so the, the encouragement that we will hear is that it's important for us uh, who have loved ones that are trapped in this uh, way of thinking to be there for them, to let them know that they are loved, that there is a path back, irrespective of how cruel they are, how much they hurt people. Because when they come to their wit's end, it'll be good for them to have their friends and families, even though it's hard. And even though some of the things that they do are so hurtful. And so what I would uh, like to invite you as you see the programs and you hear the stories of the ex-social justice warriors that you can think about friends or family members or relationships that you have and share the video with them and let them hear from another's perspective that might be similar that to help uh, uh, bring nuance to the way that they're thinking. And if you yourself are considering adopting as an ideology, critical social justice, uh, do recognize that it will have a profound effect on your personality, your worldview, the way you treat others, the way you see the world, the lens that you look at things, 
You'll begin to look at uh, all relationships as power dynamics versus the nuance of a free-flowing relationship. And so there, there is a consequence. And so make sure that you analyze thoroughly what those potential pitfalls are going to be and the possible mind bondage that can grip your life, which everything in your life will become subjugated to this worldview. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your faith in God. It will affect your joy. And it'll really begin to wreak havoc on your own humanity. And, and so we want you to have the tools to stand strong, to not be seduced by this ideology. We want families and those that have been hurt uh, through this to find healing, to find hope and restoration. And so please uh, like our channel, uh, share that uh, openly with others. And uh, we're just hoping that we could have, uh, that uh, amplifying the voices that we're amplifying will have a profound effect on many people. And so we thank you. Thank you for taking the time.